Please be advised that this episode includes discussion of distressing issues, including sexual assault. Hey, all you nostalgic poets. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. This week, we're discussing Season 4, Episode 11, Take Back the Night. And boy, what a juxtaposition from that wacky, like, we're in Vegas getting married to a very heavy episode. They were like, that was too zany. Let's bring it back down to earth, shall we? It's a very weird back-to-back pairing here. And I've got to say, re-watching this episode, I was a little, like, nervous to discuss it. But I think the thing is, as I am the 9021 expert, I know the end of this storyline, and that makes this a little bit more clear. Oh, okay. But there are some issues here that I don't think they fully resolve within this episode. So keep that in mind as we discuss it. Yes. Yes. All right, let's crack open the condor. Condor is committed to (laughs) professional standards (laughs) professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired on November 17th, 1993. Uh, we have a birthday, Pete Davidson from oh, SNL, sure, Wild yeah. and Out. Uh, I didn't realize he was on Wild and Out, actually, but apparently he was. Okay. Uh, was born on November 16th. Always forget that he's younger than me. That makes me a little sad. Mm. But um, it's fu- <laughs> Pete Davidson is funny for my husband and I because he really, really hates yeah. Pete Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. What are your thoughts on You're... Pete Davidson? I usually, you know, I guess I'm a, I'm a small doses Pete Davidson, you know, kind of guy. Best. Yeah, yeah. He's... yeah, I agree. Movie-wise, we have Adam's Family Values, starring Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, Christopher Lloyd, Joan Cusack, and Christina Ricci. Is this like the the Adam's Family movie? Or is this a different This is the second. Movie? This is the sequel. This is the second one. Mm-hmm. God, I've yep. never seen any of either of them. I haven't so. seen them in a very long time. TV-wise, not much. I put this because I've never heard of it, and I want to know if you heard of it. On November 20th, George, starring George Foreman, premiered. <laughs> I, You know, I weirdly do remember this show. It's, like it's, all, a, it's a sitcom. It's a, yeah, it's a sitcom where he plays himself. All his kids are named George, and that's true. And that was a thing that was in, in the sitcom as well. I don't think it lasted very long, but I remember Wait, watching a few episodes. All his, all his kids are really named George? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I'm going to look it up okay. just, just to make sure. But well, I'm... I didn't know this existed, but I thought it would be... Jeez, what an interesting career George Foreman has had. Yeah, his uh, his five sons' names are George Jr., George the Third, George the Fourth, George the Fifth, George the Sixth. And he also has a daughter named Georgetta. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, make a sitcom about it. Why not? I mean, that's, yeah. What else would you do in that situation? <laughs> I don't know. On November 17th, the musical Grand Night for Singing opened at the Olympia Theater and ran for 52 performances and was nominated for two Tonys. I mentioned this because I was in this musical and you it sure was were. directed by your wife. That's right. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It's a good time. If you don't if you're not familiar with it, Grand Night for Singing is basically a Rodgers and Hammerstein medley. 
It's not really a story yeah. that weaves through, but it pulls songs from all over the place. So yeah, it's a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, each each scene is like I don't know. It's like its own. It's just a little vignette. Vignette. That's all. Vignettes. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The Billboard Top 100 for this week: number three, "All That She Wants," Ace of Base. Number two, again by Janet Jackson, and number one, "I'd Do Anything for Love" mm -hmm. by Meatloaf. Will he do that? But I won't do that. He won't do nope. that. Okay, I wasn't sure. Won't do that. I wasn't sure. Won't do that. Also, uh, I wanted to mention I've, as I said, been rewatching Gilmore Girls yes. for you know the thousandth time, oh, sure. and yeah. I've been paying attention a lot to the music because uh -huh. we've been talking about uh -huh. copyrights music and stuff. Replacement. They have a lot. They have a lot in there. Hmm. I mean, the town troubadour randomly sings songs all the time and True. cover the covers are always cheaper to license than the original yeah. recording so that that probably that's helps true them, but, but there there has been music in there yeah yeah so so it that's been surprising mm -hmm. to me. so okay all right uh let's go beyond the zip code let's do it over the course of its run, both Tori Spelling and Brian Austin Green appeared on Fox's The Masked Singer either as guest panelists, friends who gave clues, or as actual contestants. I'm not going to tell you which one because the show's all about mystery. In yeah. 2020, Brian Austin Green, however, became a regular judge on the spinoff The Masked Dancer. Have you been watching that? I, As we record, I think there's only one episode out, but I have seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's just the one. Is I it so. is it as fun as the mess? I mean, no, because you're just watching people who can't dance dance. So no, I don't <laughs> think it's as fun. They all can't dance. I mean, not really. But there's a uh, Brian Austin Green on one of the in the first episode. One of the characters, I think he's a grasshopper, but he has a big old toothy grin. And Brian Austin Green uh, guest Ian Ziering, mostly based on the big toothy grin, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. So we'll see. I don't think yeah, it was Ian Ian Ziering, but you know, time will tell. All right. I haven't watched it yet. I'll have to I'll have to watch it. All right. Should we look at the synopsis? Let's do it. Things heat up between John and Kelly, but luckily he shows his true colors and Kelly ends things. Meanwhile, Brenda and Dylan are vibing in poetry class. Yeah, they are. Things get, <laughs> things get complicated for Brandon when Deshaun catches wind of the relationship between Brandon and Lucinda. Deshaun threatens to tell Professor Randall unless Brandon agrees to take his test. Meanwhile, Steve meets Laura at the Peach Pit to apologize for their one-night stand, which does not go well. Celeste ends things with Steve when she finds out, and Laura plans to announce to campus that Steve date-raped her at the keg house. Heavy stuff. Whew! <laughs> yeah. Heavy stuff. It really is. It really is. All right, uh, let's see who's living in Beverly Hills. This episode was directed by James Whitmore Jr. and written by Chip Johannesson. This is a regular who's who's of recurring players here, Kendra. We have Cress Williams, Matthew Peretta, Paul Johannesson, Joe E. Tata, Scott Pollan, Andy Chapman, Jennifer Grant, Robert Leeshock, and Brooke Thies, and Tracy Middendorf, all returning as their characters Deshaun Hardell, Dan Rubin, John Sears, Nat, Corey Randall, Celeste, Keith, Leslie, and Laura. We also have returning character Lucinda as played by Dinah Meyer. We had a Twitter comment on this. Dust vs. Tweak shared some of the credits that we didn't include in past episodes, and that is Dinah Meyer was also featured in the movie Starship Troopers, Johnny Mnemonic, Dragonheart, and Saw. So she has Which a, she's a long, long career. Yeah. Yeah, we did Johnny Mnemonic for the podcast Three Nice Things. Oh, that's right. And uh, she was one of my three nice things. Really? In, 
yes, her oh, her performance yeah. was one of my three nice things about nice. that movie. Okay. So All right. Dragon Dragonheart is not good. Oh. Okay. I've seen the first Saw movie, but I'm not sure she's in that one. Okay. And I can't believe I didn't I, I knew she was familiar. Yeah. But I I've seen Starship Troopers once. So. I've, I've only read the book. I've never seen any of the Starship Troopers like movies or anything, so I don't know. Uh, movies, movies not that bad. All right. Anyway. And you know what? Johnny Demonic, not the worst movie we've watched for Three yeah. Nice Things. So yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, that, for me, my worst movie on Three Nice Things is probably Son of the Mask, which was straight up upsetting. But it's really, oh, yeah. it's neck and neck with that in, in Island of Dr. I was Moreau. in the other, Oof. I kept like walking through the, mo- the room Brutal. while you guys were watching that. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. All of those you can find really on bad. YouTube. So go, go to YouTube and find Three Nice Things. Anyway, we have two recurring players that we're saying goodbye to today. We've been a fond farewell to Andy Chapman, who's making her final appearance as Angela Rhodes. And we also say goodbye to good old Ted Hayden as poetry professor dr petty should we get into the episode then i guess we should yes here we go we start with this is it's take back the night yes yes so all throughout the week they're doing rallies and there's speeches and there's movies and there's lectures about take back the night about safety and violence against women yes. and all these topics. Yeah. So which, which I have to say, at... I just have to say right from the start, there was kind of a cavalier attitude about it from quite a few of the characters, just in little like throwaway lines of dialogue that I guess were meant to be funny. I don't know, but a lot of the tone of this made me a little uncomfortable. Did you get that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. So we're starting at, uh, they're watching this, movie and they're all like laughing about it it's about like animals doing it basically they keep just showing <laughs> uh, yes. different animals yes they do um, yep. so they're, they're all they're all laughing at it and kelly and donna both make comments about like oh this kind of reminds me of david and mm-hmm. oh that kind of reminds me of john the way yep. this animal is acting yeah then lucinda is the speaker and she's talking about yeah. a- attraction right. and whatever whatever she's talking about in the back, Brandon and Professor Randall are standing together, and he makes some sort of comment about, I forget what Randall says, but he says, oh yeah, she's a player, all right. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember. That was funny. I can't remember what Randall funny. says about it. I thought, And even, then Randall reminds before, him. Oh yeah, go ahead. He reminds him that they're having dinner at eight at yeah. his house. This episode started with an old style David like DJ narration, which we haven't had in quite a while. So yeah, that was kind it of did. A, that was kind of a fun throwback. Uh, and Lucinda, when she's introducing the speech, she says, uh, "Birds do it, bees do it," which is uh, quoting Cole Porter. Let's fall in love. So yeah. I thought that was yeah. kind of funny. Yep. Anyway, next scene is at the keg house. John is giving Steve five phone messages from Laura. Yeah. How much time do you think has passed at this point? I guess it, I don't know. I mean, is this the, this is the, okay. We had the episode where Steve and Laura are go out and then last episode he's avoiding her. And then this episode. So I think the time is roughly kind of chugging along. So I would say a couple of weeks at this point. That's what I was thinking. A couple of weeks. Yeah, because we've so had she's the whole Vegas him, thing. She's and, called yeah. him like fifteen times. He yeah. hasn't gotten back to yeah, her. Yeah. I don't know. If I was Laura, I might just be like, "All right, well." Well, like, I don't know. That's what I mean about I think some things are teed up here and not giving an ex- explanation, which I feel like makes, yeah. makes this episode feel a little irresponsible if you don't know the long game. So yeah, yes, I okay. agree. It's erratic. 
Okay. So the the guys are encouraging Steve to either like he needs to end it or he needs to go for it yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. He needs he needs to do something. Yes. And then as they're talking about it, Laura calls again and John makes him answer the phone mm-hmm. and talk to her. Uh, the next scene is Brenda and Dylan are talking about poetry class. Brenda's having a hard time with romantic poetry for whatever reason. Um, so Dylan, it, well, first Dylan brings up like, you really don't understand romantic poetry. You just ran off with a guy to go get married after knowing each other for five days. Which and was, she says yes. it, it was five, five weeks, weeks which right? Sounds, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I are they together still? I don't know. This kind of sounds like they're past tense. That's but what never, I thought. We I, never hear. I know. I felt like in the Vegas episode, they break up, but it's ambiguous. I'm glad we had this conversation because you could almost just forget. It's like they completely, yeah. they, we hardly even mentioned the fact that the whole gang flew to Vegas, you know. So I'm glad it was yeah. at least there. When she's worried about this uh, test and he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's only half your grade. He didn't sound like he was joking he sounded like he was saying it as a comforting thing but i don't think that is comforting <laughs> you know it's half your grade no that's not yeah so that's a lot <laughs> uh so dylan offers to help her study yeah for this poetry test. vibing that's what i'm saying yep next scene is at the peach pit steve walks in and nat is telling laura about when steve worked there for a uh, hot minute and yeah. now ridiculous it was this was like a, i mean if, if you were playing like a drinking game of like how many past episodes they reference in this episode you'd be on the floor by this point because so oh, many, yeah so many little things come up but i have to say i didn't find it to be gratuitous you know what i mean like they all no, no. the events that are mentioned and it is many i feel like it's at least 10 that we discuss in this they all kind of come up very naturally and it just shows a good level of continuity in there which i appreciate it but this was the first one that really stood out to me Laura is strange. Yes. I, I think she's strange. Yes. Just the way she like holds her head. She's mm-hmm. always like cocking her head and talking. Yeah. yeah. Ba- I don't know. She puts Not off a, she puts off kind of a wild energy, definitely. Yeah. A wild energy. Yeah. That's a good way yeah. to go about it. So Steve, uh, she's like, I've been thinking about you. That's why I called so much. And were you thinking about me? Yeah. Steve then breaks it to her that he has a girlfriend. Yes. And her response is, you pressured me into sleeping with you. Which is new information. Yes. We didn't know for sure what happened. Um, But apparently they did sleep together. And she's saying that he pressured her into it. So she's, she's very, very upset. She, she storms off. Yeah. He feels bad, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I he shouldn't have he shouldn't have gone out with her in the first place. Right. Well, I think I think at this point Steve is feeling like, you know, like a heel for taking advantage of her, you know? Like he he yeah. knew he knew going in it was gonna be a one night stand and she I think thought, Now we're gonna get married, you know. And he knew yeah. that. He mm-hmm. knew that. So yeah. Yeah. At the Walsh house, they're having dinner, and Dylan is there as well. Brandon is on his way out for dinner with the professor, and mm-hmm. they're kind of, uh, you know, ribbing him about that. Like, yeah. oh, finals are coming up and you, with the professor. And, Brandon's yeah. shirt. They're like, oh, you look great. His shirt looks like he pulled it out of the hamper. It's the wrinkliest yeah. shirt I've ever seen. And not, I mean, I know that there was like a moment there where like the wrinkly look was was in, but that did not look like the wrinkly look. That looked no. like a shirt that was under his bed. 
Yeah. So I don't. That's strange. Yeah. Brenda brings up like, oh, I heard Lucinda's speech was really great at the, you know, at the rally or whatever. And yeah. he says, yeah, she was talking about courtship rituals. That's a hobby of hers. Yeah. There's a lot of shade towards Lucinda in this. Oh, and also, did you notice in the first scene with Professor Randall that he calls him Corey? So we're already we're already in the oh. uh, in the Gil yeah, Myers first name basis, you know. Yes. Yep. <laughs> So, okay, so he heads off to go to dinner. This was a place where I thought some of the dialogue was kind of, like, dismissive of the whole take back the night thing. Because Dylan, Dylan's oh, like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go there and be called a rapist. And Brandon's like, oh, you should definitely come. There's lots of hot babes there. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I thought that was I didn't weird. understand that no. exchange. And, I mean, Cindy kind of gets after him. But I just thought that whole, it was very tone deaf. Like, very, very tone deaf. Without really saying something. So I think it just was genuinely tone deaf dialogue there yeah which seems weird when the topic you're just i I thought it was very strange i agree at the keg house celeste has brought steve a cashmere jacket that she got yeah employee discount hey 40 percent off is nothing to to turn your nose up at that's a pretty good discount that's a great discount yeah that's awesome John and Kelly walk in, and Kelly is admiring the jacket as well. And then she and Celeste go to the bathroom. John is very convinced that he and Kelly are going to yeah. seal the deal. Yeah. That, this is another. Uh, this is not night. a not a good run of episodes for the men on this show because the other frat guy, when they go to the bathroom, is like, "Oh, I'd love to be a fly on that wall." I was like, "What?" Yeah. Just yeah. Strange. I mean, if they're 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 trying to show us that keg they guys are, are yeah, the, disgusting, yes, and right. it's working. It is working. So it is working. We we got it. Yeah. Steve is then very concerned. He's voicing his concerns about like John. Can you just like not with yeah, Kelly? Yeah, yeah. Like you're not treating her right. And John throws it back at him and was like, "Oh well, you didn't tell Celeste about Laura." And yeah, I mean, he's yeah. they're. Steve is stuck. He either has to tell Kelly and then risk losing Celeste or Which is insane. It's insane insane to me that he's let it go on this long, not telling Kelly. Yeah. But Steve does say in that moment that he's like, no, I didn't tell Celeste, but I did tell Laura about Celeste. And she was so hurt that you guys need to think about like what it is that you're doing. I thought, I mean, I'm glad he at least said that, but it's literally like the least he could do. Yeah. Yes. The bare minimum. Right. Kelly then comes back and she and John go off. Yeah. At the Randall house, yes. they're talking basketball yep. at dinner. And there's this weird comment where Lucinda's asking Deshaun how Brandon is as a teacher. Yeah. And he's like, Brandon is hard. And she says, so I've noticed. Yeah. Did you think that was? Yes, okay. I did think it was. <laughs> Everything she said has been like the most sexual thing that a person could say. And her whole conversation with Brandon is not subtle in the least. No, like Brandon accuses all. her in a minute here of flirting. And it's like, yeah, if the if Professor Randall's not noticing this, we have a bigger problem, I feel like. <laughs> so Brandon and Lucinda then clear the table <laughs> and leave, leaving Deshaun and Randall to talk about his grades yes. and that whole issue. So in the kitchen, Lucinda is just like, you're being a baby. It's fine. And Brandon's mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like he agrees well, that he, he's being overly sensitive. Yes. He's like, you're flirting with me in front of your husband. And she's like, ah, so what? And he's Brandon's like, all right, am I being a hick here? And she's like, yes, you are. And then she has yeah. a way for and him to make she, it up to her. <laughs> yeah, which is to do it on the kitchen table, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 
which they do not. They don't, but Brandon gets real close to her and is like, you're bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. In John's bedroom. Woo! John, John's, they're they're making out. Yeah. And John's trying to take it to the next level. Yes. They're in Kelly, uh, varying stages of undress at this point. Oh, yes. Yes. Kelly doesn't have a shirt on, I don't think. Or her dress is unbuttoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah Or something. Yeah, yeah. But she has to kind of re-get dressed in a second when she is like, I don't want to do this. And yeah. she gets up this makes john very mad oh yeah he's like i know what you're about yeah and i'm not he's like do you think i'm hanging out with you for your freshman repartee yeah and you know showing that he's the exact same person that he was in high school right and uh she's like i'm out (laughs) goodbye she goes over to dylan's yeah which i was a little surprised about that i wasn't really sure what her motives i guess just a place she feels safe i don't know I wasn't really sure why she felt like running to Dylan. Well, Dylan wants to go and find him and punch him out. I'm all for Uh, it. But she she talks him out of that. And she says that if this had happened three years ago, she probably would have stayed with him. So she's showing some growth there. And she says that Dylan is the first guy who ever took her seriously. Yeah. And they kind of have a what happened to us moment. Which I have to say in that moment. What happened was. Yeah. (laughs) everyone made terrible decisions. I feel like I was a little nervous here that they were going to be sort of like, let's get back together. And I don't really want that. I've got to say, I don't really need another Dylan Kelly coupling. What do you think about that? I'd be okay. You would? If they were back on? Okay. I don't know. I feel like we didn't, it didn't have, it wasn't long enough. No, it wasn't. I feel like they weren't a couple for long enough. It wasn't, but I guess I believed it. Like it was, it was a really quick turnaround, but like the characters as we know them, I kind of believe that once like the, the thrill of it was gone and they were just like dating that they would kind of drift. I I understand it. So I I don't know. I don't know how you could like. If they got back together, I would be okay with it. You'd be all right. Okay. I just don't know a, a realistic way to really like reignite that, but I guess we'll see. I honestly, I'm not even, I don't even remember like what, what the next step for Dylan and Kelly is. I don't remember. All right. On campus the next day, John is speaking French to some yeah, yeah. girl. Yep. Dylan walks up and is like, oh, has he made the I'll wait 50 years for you comment? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And, and then he walks off. John then runs after him yeah. and is like, Kelly will come back. Like she'll, you know, Kelly and I aren't done. And Dylan is wanting him to stay away from Kelly. Yeah. Steve then finds Kelly and wants to warn her about John, but she's already like, I'm done. I'm done with him. We're yeah. not sleeping together. Right, we're, we're over, but she appreciates him coming to warn her too little too late is what I say. I agree. But he does. He cops to that. I mean, that buys him a little yeah. points for me. He's like, I shouldn't have waited this long. You know, at least he, yeah. at least he's open about that. Yeah. He then sees John looking at them, so he kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, makes yeah, him yeah, nervous yeah. that John has seen them talking. Okay, so then we have it's not a it's not a rally, but I'm going to call it a rally. It's another take back the night event. Yeah. Where they yes, there uh there's going to be a speaker and then they're going to break into small groups to discuss things. Right. So Laura is sitting with the girls. I guess she's just you know, her and Andrea, I guess, are just friends. Yes, so Andrea. When she comes there, sometimes when she comes up, Andrea's like, "Hey, everyone, this is this is Laura. We are in organic chem together, and that's you know that's pretty much our our reason to have them be yeah. together." Yeah. So the speaker is 
is her name Angela Rose? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And she's asking how many of you have ever been assaulted? How right. many of you have ever had this, had this? Uh, the last one she asks is uh, been date raped. And several people raised their hands on that. Kelly says it was a weekly event for her yeah. in high school. Yeah. And she says that very like, oh, yeah. She does. Yeah. Very uh, nonchalantly. Yeah. Which. Anyway. Um, okay. Then we have a little scene at the gym where Lucinda and Brandon are flirting. Yeah. And Deshaun then comes in and kind of sees them he flirting. Sees... She's like touching Brandon's arm. Yes. And so he he sees this happening. Do you think she really weighs less than 120 pounds as she claims? I do. Yeah. Okay. I do. She's pretty small. All right. Back at the rally, they're now in small groups. Donna's talking about feeling pressured by her boyfriend. Yes. She feels like if he really, really was pressured, pressuring her, she would give in. Yeah. Um, even though she did, she doesn't want to. Right. Kelly's talking about Halloween. This yeah. gets brought up a lot. Throw back to the Halloween, the episode, Halloween yeah. episode. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't. And I wrote, one. "Hey, it's Dan. Dan is here. Yeah. I guess he and Andrea are still together. I guess so. Yeah." <laughs> This was one, I know we've been critical of suddenly like Dan and Andre don't like each other anymore. I felt like the conflict they have in this scene makes a little bit more sense to me. Yes, it okay. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It's, like it's, if a we real, it's a real conflict. It feels like if we'd seen the stuff at the Walsh's party after this, I would totally buy it. It's like with yes. everything with them, we're going in a different order. You know, because yes. this, it's like they're clashing on, on a more intellectual level where Andrea feels like she's arguing from a feminist standpoint. And Dan uh, <laughs> is, thinks that he is the one arguing from a feminist standpoint, which, you know, of course, yeah. Andrea doesn't take that well and they clash. Yes. Yeah. And Andrea's point is she thinks we're assigning, we're making it too passive of a role. Yeah. For women like yes. women also make decisions to drink yeah which can lead to being drunk which can lead to bad decisions yeah dan says that but men get women drunk yeah so that's what they're kind of arguing but i feel over. like they're uh, and, and this is so common in, in you know like intellectual arguments i feel like they're both sort of talking past each other like they're not really addressing what the other person is saying and so like they're they're just not connecting on it but i did think it was kind of a weird a lot of things about how they handle this to me is is weird. It's it's like when we've done, you know, race-related episodes in the past. It's like they want to talk about it, but they don't really want to, like, dig yeah. into it and really get to the bottom of it. They just want to be like, look, see, the characters are aware of these kind of problems. Here they are discussing it casually, and then we move on. Yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like for as much attention was paid to the Take Back the Night theme of this episode, very little meat was actually like gotten into you mm -hmm. know what i mean it was, it was really surface so I, I odd it was an odd choice well and i will get there but i think i think it was problematic to make steve and laura the center yes. of it i agree i i agree Ma very like much. making one of your main characters yes that much of a villain yes. i don't know yeah. i think i think that was a no. rough decision no. but okay but anyway we'll get there yes. so after the after the Small groups are done. Andrea feels like Dan made her sound stupid and yeah. didn't really value what she was saying. And yeah. so they're kind of they're kind of in a fight now. Kelly and Laura are then walking and talking, and Kelly can sense that Laura is wanting to talk about something, and so she and Laura go off to talk further about what is bothering her. Yeah. 
In poetry class, Brenda thinks that this poem they're reading is one-sided. It's only from the guy's perspective. She says it sounds like date rape. Dylan disagrees with that. This is another scene where I don't really know what they were. I Yeah. What were they saying? I don't with know. This scene? I don't know. That pretty much sums up the whole episode for me. I don't know the point that they're trying to get across. Yeah. Anyway, Laura and Kelly are talking and Laura's not saying who she's talking about. She doesn't say the name of the guy, but she knows. Does she not know that Kelly and Steve know each other? I guess not. I don't see how she would. I don't think they've ever crossed paths. Okay. Okay. At first I thought she did, but then later on when she eventually says who it is, I don't know. Anyway. The only thing, I don't even know if if this should be in the wrap up or we should discuss it as it comes along. But when Laura is recounting this story, is this where we see like flashbacks to Laura's version of this? No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. It's coming. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll save it. Go ahead. Okay. So she's, she's saying she feels like he, Steve, made her have sex. Yeah. And Kelly is like, hey, the Take Back the Night rally is coming. You should out this guy yeah. to, to everybody. You should get up and you should say who he is. Yeah, so she's putting that mm-hmm. idea into Laura's head. But Laura still isn't saying who it is. Right. Then we have a little in-between scene at Deshaun's room where they're studying. And Deshaun is watching TV, not paying attention. So Brandon's going to leave. And then Deshaun brings up Lucinda. Yeah. And basically is like, you're going to take my test for me yeah. or I'm going to tell Professor Randall that you guys are flirting with each other. And Brandon, so I mean, he cops to the fact that like, okay, some something was kind of heading towards happening until he found out what was going on. And Sean's kind of like, yeah, I don't care. I, I saw what yeah. I saw, you know, like whatever. I'm going to tell him if you don't take my test, you know. Yeah. So now Brandon is dealing with that. Yeah. Okay, so then back with Laura and yeah, Kelly. They're okay. not they're now talking with Angela Rhodes and this is where we get a flashback. So Laura's talking about what happened. We see a flashback from her perspective. Yes. Where she didn't want to, she was saying no, but he kept pressuring her. He it's was incredibly her clear. Off. Like all of her body language and everything about it is very clear that she doesn't want to. In yes. in this version of the telling. Yes. So they're like, yes, that's date rape that you yeah. experience. And they really want her to say who it is. Yeah. And they want her to say it at the rally. I don't know about what do you what do you think about that? I, just I, mean, like I just can't presume to know. I don't know. To the whole campus. I don't know. I don't know that that's the best way to deal. I mean, should rapists be outed? Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't know. Like the first thing you should do is... You know, this is I, how you should get I it think, off your chest. I think this is one of those things where timing comes into play. I think the concept of date rape as something that like we're, you were actually giving a name to, I think was relatively fresh, like in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think there was a clear, this is how you deal with it. And so I think, I think the mindset is like outside of real, like a legal recourse. All you can do is, is get this out there to like help other people. I think that's, right. I think that's what they're going for, but that's what I, they're, mean, I, okay. I kind of thought the same thing that it was, it was, I guess it was it surprising. Feels like they're pressuring her to like get up in front of a ton of people and share this and that, story. Yes. And that I think is a big flaw with the messaging of this episode because she is pressured to do it. You yeah. Know? And it's only, I just don't know. 
I just don't, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what the right move is here. But I mean, we know that she's definitely being pressured about it. Yes. And so, so af- after this conversation, Kelly is like, you can tell me, I know it was John Sears. Like she's, she's convinced. Yeah. And Laura's like, no, it was this guy, Steve Sanders. Yeah. So now Kelly's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hold on a second. Because Steve wouldn't do that. And she kind of, you know, it's like, you're wrong about Steve. Right. And this makes Laura very upset. She says that, you know, she's just as bad as he is. Yeah. And that it's, doesn't go well. No, it's very complicated. And I think I think another element of what's problematic here is that, of course, Kelly wants to believe her friend. This is someone that she knows very well and has known all of her life. So I totally understand her gut reaction. But I feel like as things progress, Laura never recants this with Kelly. And and I don't think in Laura's telling of it, she is even reticent or saying like, well, I think that's what happened. She's very clear. And when Kelly says, no, Steve wouldn't do that. And Laura's like, but it happened exactly like I told you. And you said that was date rape. And Kelly's just like, well, I don't know, because Steve wouldn't do that. And it's just, it, there's nothing shaky about the story that Laura is telling. You know, that's the thing. It's not the only thing that I clocked as like, well, that's not really what happened was when she said that he was like plying her with drinks, you know, that he was yeah. like shoving vodka down her and everything, because that's not what happened. Like Steve was like, do you want a beer before I take you home? And she's like, I don't want to go home. I want, you know. Right. So like, that's right. the only time where I really thought like, well, that's not true. Everything else we didn't see. And so it's just like her word against Steve's and Laura right from the get-go with Steve in the peach pits as you pressured me into having sex. So it's like, if they want to make it so that this story is made up, they got to give us more than they do. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. that's, that's where I had some issues. Okay, yeah. So the next day, Kelly appro- approaches Steve and is basically like, how could you have raped her? Yeah. Which very, was, su- which very was surprising to me because then, t- so did Kelly then believe Laura, but was still defending Steve or or maybe it's as she thought about it she kind of reached the conclusion that that is what must have happened it's just a strange turnaround so then we see a flashback from Steve's point of view yeah in the flashback Laura looks very happy very you know like she's you know she she's the one who pulls the condom out of her bag and gives it to Steve um so it's a it's diff it's a much different flashback than the one we saw but she does pull the condom in both versions of it oh does she yeah okay. she did but her her telling of is that she was like well this is going to happen one way or another so it better be safe and in in steve's version of it she's like i have a condom let's do yeah. it you know so, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so kelly is like she's she's gonna name you at yeah. the rally yeah. she's gonna name you publicly and you're gonna lose yeah yeah you're gonna lose everything right. like you're gonna be kicked out of the fraternity yeah. you're gonna lose celeste so Steve, obviously not happy about that. Mm-hmm. Then we have a tiny little scene at Kelly, Donna, David's. David basically feels uncomfortable, like as a man, emceeing this take back the night event. And so he's calling okay. Howard saying like, Donna can do it by herself. You don't need me, you know, and, and Donna's like, I, I mean, I guess. And David's like, see, she really wants to. That's that's what this that's, whole okay. He's just very uncomfortable with the situation, you know. Okay. And he's like, and you know, the worst part, my girlfriend won't sleep with me. Right. Which again, I think is such, is so like tone deaf to make that joke. Yeah. There. I don't, I don't get yeah. it. Yep. 
Next scene is Steve finds Laura on campus, and as soon as she sees him, she books it out of yeah. there. But he he runs after her and is like, "How could you say that?" Yeah. Like he's not understanding why she's just descri- describing right. it that way. He he like grabs her arm at one point too. I was like, "Steve, yeah. come on!" Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. I felt the, I felt the <laughs> same with way. With your brain, here. yeah. And he's like, "Well, if if that's the way you really feel, like, why did you meet me at the peach pit and like act yeah. like we were on a date and everything was great?" You know. I think the uh, real it's confusing the it... way they are. They're they're putting this out there. I know because is she doing it to get back at him? I don't know. It's not clear. It's not clear. And the it's thing is, clear. to me, this seems like. This seems like they had a plan and they backed away from it or there was some sort of like conflict in the writer's room where they were like, oh, we can't do that. Because if they want it to be that Laura is purposely exaggerating what happened, then just show us the real scene. Don't show us two versions that conflict with each other. Like, what was the purpose of keeping it a secret to begin with? Like, why did we have this mystery for two episodes if it's just nothing? And so I feel like... (sighs) It seems like what we're really saying is the truth lies somewhere in the middle, you know, that like, Mm -hmm. but I just think like, it's weird to not give us that clearly, you know, to not, to not really dig into this storyline because I think we're sort of left with, we have to just take Steve's word on it. And that the messaging of that, I think is just very flawed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, so, I know, I know. So next scene is Brenda and Dylan are talking about the poem. She thinks he was right about it. And then that leads to she thinks that he should go for it with Kelly again. Yeah. Basically, yeah. is what she's saying. Um, and she says, like, hey, if after you went off with Kelly, if you had come back to me and said you wanted to be together, I would have done it. Yeah, I would have taken yeah. you back. Yeah. No, no questions asked, basically. Right. So... He should think about that. At the peach pit, <laughs> Nat like walks over and gives them some tea, and it seems like he knows. Yeah, that's something that is. See, he's it, like, "Here's okay, let okay, bye." We got Stephen <laughs> Stephen Celeste, right? That's where we're yeah, at now. Steve yeah, yeah, Celeste. yeah. Uh-huh. So Steve has just told Celeste that what's going on, right. basically, and she says, "I know you didn't rape her, but did you sleep with her?" And he says yes and she says that he made her feel like she wasn't enough like he was always looking at other people that she hoped that he was loving her well she called it back i mean she's like what did i expect from a guy that i met in a game show and she was like even that night after the game show you didn't want to be with me you wanted to get back for kelly's party you know so yeah i felt really bad for celeste because she's just i felt bad for celeste this whole me too this whole arc. Me too. And that's another thing. It's like Steve clearly is mistreating this girl who loves him. So it's like, what are we saying? Like, what? I just. Well, he's losing. He's losing yeah, her. Yeah, he is. is. I mean, that's deserves, a consequence. That's so... a consequence. Yeah. So she says, you don't love me if you slept with somebody else. And he, he like begs her. He's like, please don't leave me. And yeah. she says, I have to. Here's my question. Do you think that Steve loved Celeste? I think he wanted to. I think it's at least the most committed he's been since oh, the yes. Kelly stuff. I mean, I'll I'll give him that. I think maybe he's just too selfish at this point to really like be in that kind of a relationship. Yeah, I don't think he's ready yeah. for, for that kind of Agreed. relationship. Next scene is at the Walsh house, and Steve is there talking with Brandon and calling himself an idiot because he lost Celeste. Yeah. 
And uh, Brandon says, hey, you stray, you pay. Yeah. Steve is going to go to the rally, even though he might be name dropped. And he wants Brandon to come with him. Uh, but Brandon says he has to go take care of something first. Mm-hmm. So he will meet him there. He goes over to Deshaun's and says, good luck with your midterm. You'll be taking it on your own. Mm-hmm. He he tells him, like, I'm not taking this test for yeah. you. And Deshaun is like, I I can't take this test. I need to play basketball. Yeah. You have to take this test for me. And throws like a glass cup yeah, at yeah, the yeah, wall. Yeah. Well, I think Deshaun yeah. is, is very desperate at this point because he's it's not just a matter of like he'll flunk and he won't be like if he's if he doesn't play basketball he loses his scholarship he's Deshaun's like you're messing with my life here and Brandon's like no you are you know like I was happy to help you and remain happy to help you but you have to do it and that's just not that's not where we're at character wise yeah but you gotta suck it up buttercup you gotta do your you gotta do your work yep yep (laughs) so yeah so he leaves Deshaun is upset Mm mm-hmm All right, so then we go to the rally. Everyone is marching and chanting, no more silence, no more lies. We will not be victimized. And they're, like, marching into the campus student union center. David says he's actually very moved. So I guess he's happy that he's there. Yeah. David and Donna don't really have anything to do in this episode. No, but I I think David having a realization is the only positive character development we have in this episode. So Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Angela Rhodes gives a speech, uh, like, you know, like a pump it up kind of speech. Yeah. And then we see the different characters in the crowd. So there's Brenda and Dylan are standing together. What is with this, like, bead thing that Brenda keeps wearing in her hair? Oh, I didn't notice Brandon's that. got this necklace thing he going, did. and she keeps wearing this, like, leather, this, like, leather strap with beads on oh, the end I don't know. in her hair. Does it work? Sounds good. Uh, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. All right. It's a moderate success. The keg guys are there, not taking it seriously at yes. all. Uh-huh. Dan finds Andrea and apologizes to her, and all is forgiven. Thank goodness. Brandon and Steve arrive and are looking for Kelly, and they see her. She's she's at the front, and she's kind of looking at Laura, who's also standing yeah. at the front. And then Angela Rhodes says... We have a young woman who's going to come up and talk, and Laura doesn't move. So Kelly goes up, yeah, and sh- and shares what and, happened on Halloween. Yes, and prior to this, I mean, Steve is very much putting all of his eggs in the Kelly basket, you know, because he's like, when he doesn't see her at first, he's like, I really thought she was going to stand by me, and that you know she was going to be here, and he's still kind of expecting that Kelly is going to somehow save the day so when she gets up there to talk that's kind of a relief for him and yes so she's sharing about the halloween event well at first he's like oh no she took uh, oh you're right side. yeah because she kind of starts about about uh having that having a similar experience with day rape yeah yeah so kelly's speech is basically her saying there are times when it like, the Halloween thing was yeah. not my fault. Yes. It didn't matter how I was dressed. I said no, and it wasn't my fault. But there have been times where it was partially my yes. fault. Yeah. I went there to do something, and I did it, and I can't put all the blame on somebody else for that. I have to take some of the blame. And then she says that the person who saved her that night was Steve Sanders. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone claps 
for Steve. Here, here is what's questionable, and there's many things, but I feel like for starters, the situation with the cowboy, which was Halloween. What is that? Season two, right? Was that season two? I think it was quite a while ago. Wow. But, okay. But the thing with that is, everybody's very concerned that Kelly's wearing such a revealing outfit for Halloween. She's dancing with this cowboy. They go up to this room. But what happens, and, and it is, it's stopped before anything goes too far. But what happens in that episode is not date rape. I mean, he really is going to rape her. Oh, yes. You know what I yes, mean? Like that. For sure. He, he has locked the door and it's the threat of violence. And he is, he, it's not the same. Yes. So I think no. to, to compare those two is problematic. Like from the audience who might not know the difference between those two things. Because that situation is just not the same as this. So right yeah. away, I feel like that's problematic, you know, um, rather than just sort of like, cause she said, she said that she'd experienced date rape many a times, which is horrific, but like using one of those examples, I think would have been a little bit more clear in this scene. Whereas I feel like, again, thinking about the audience in 93, comparing what is clearly like a very, violent attempted rape to a date rape scenario is is confusing and it's misleading so i mm-hmm. i really think that's a problem and i think as far as laura goes all we have right now is like and all kelly has is like a he said she said situation but she makes it so that laura who is ready to stand up and confront this person can't do it anymore yeah she can't do it anymore and i just yeah. don't think that that was kelly's place to no. do that when she doesn't mm-hmm. know, that's the thing. She doesn't know. Like, she can feel very confident that Steve wouldn't do that. Although, I feel like a case could be made that it's not that far out of oh, the realm of possibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so... I, I definitely think... I just felt like make this, a case for it. this was Which very is why wild. I think the whole thing with making Steve the yeah. perpetrator yeah. is problematic. Yeah. Because we can see him doing that. Yeah. So... Anyway, so that, okay, so after yes. all this, Laura leaves. Yeah. And Steve follows her out. I, and right and... there, I'm like, don't follow her out of this event in the dark. Like, don't chase her yeah. down after this, you lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> so he admits that he knew she wanted more than a one night stand, but he did it anyway. Yeah. And he's very, very sorry. And he feel, he wants her to know that she has a friend at the keg house not you know a boyfriend but a friend and she says i didn't say yes but i never said no yeah and then she walks away i still don't feel like we have a good resolution no i agree post rally donna and david are interviewing random people dylan and brenda are discussing the whole event and they're they're like in line for coffee and food or something yeah and they look over and see john talking to kelly and Brenda's like, Dylan, do you want some pie? And Dylan picks up the pie <laughs> and, he, and he throws it in John's face, <laughs> which was very satisfying. It was. It really was. Because, I mean, it's, it humiliates him. Like, he could have yeah. punched him, but he didn't. He made him look like an idiot, which he is. Yeah. So then John tries to, his, uh, his friends have to hold him back yeah. uh, from, you know, trying to to tear Dylan apart. I have to say too, in that scene, Brenda, or you don't really hear any of the conversation, but Brandon and Kelly are talking and John comes up and Brandon starts to walk away and then kind of notices that John's there and he stops and he takes a step in towards Kelly, which I thought was a really, is a subtle thing, but it was just a nice moment of Brandon to do that. You know, and then of course the pie and he's dragged away. 
Yeah. So then Dylan and Kelly like kiss mm-hmm. after that because mm-hmm. she's like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. They like kiss. So yeah, I was really bummed because I saw a gif of this like two weeks ago. Oh no. So yeah, that's so a I was shame. kind of bummed that that's that was a real for me. shame. Yeah. Okay. Now we get this scene at the gym where Brandon is filling in Lucinda about yes. like, hey, Deshaun's probably going to tell Professor Randall what's going on. And she's like, just take his test for him. Why do you think they make it a take-home exam? Worst. And yeah, she's she thinks he's being a baby, basically. Yep. As soon as Deshaun is like, I'm going to tell Professor Randall, I, that's the moment where you have to go to the professor, I think. Because at this point, Brandon has done nothing wrong. He hasn't. Yeah. As soon as he found out, he was out of there. You know, he hasn't. I mean, obviously, waves would be made if Brandon said, hey, your wife came on to me. But like... It's going to come out. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's going to come out. This is He the... needs to get ahead of it. Yes. This is the one moment where Brandon can control the story, but instead he goes to Lucinda, who is just like, yeah, let's just be dishonest. And, you know, that's what you were meant to do anyway. That's why it's a take-home test, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Last scene is at the Walsh home. Brandon finds a picture of Emily Valentine. Good. Yep. Emily Valentine. Oh, good. In... In his sock drawer yeah. or underwear drawer or whatever. Ooh. And he, Brando walks in and he's like, hey, tell the parents I'm going camping. Uh-huh. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm leaving. Yep. And Brenda's like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, have I told you what a cool chick you are? A cool chick. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, call collect. I'll accept the charges. <laughs> she's like <laughs> giving him tips for running away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the end of the episode. We don't know where he's going. We don't. Probably to see Emily Valentine. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I feel like with these problematic episodes, we just have to forego the 90210 snap. <laughs> yeah. There's there's just too much. The issue, the biggest issue yeah, for me yeah, yes, is please. it's not clear what Laura's deal is no it's because not. like if you look at the imdb synopsis it says she says this stuff to get back at steve yes. for dumping her which i don't see in this episode i don't think it's no i don't think it it's clear enough she was excited to continue to date him yeah if he had wanted to do that and then she does switch change her tone once he dumps her yes but it's not clear but that she's you... like trying to get back at him don't you think that's sort of like that makes sense to me. Like turning that into a real relationship would be a way for her to feel like better about that. So like, I totally buy that, that she would go in there still trying to like salvage the situation just for her own sake, her own like well being. I totally get that. So I don't think just the fact that she is open to continuing relationship. And then when he is like, no, I use you for her to be like, you pressured me to have sex and that's it. Like, I, I think that's a realistic turn and I totally get that. So I don't think, that that's enough to say that she's making it up. Do you? No, no. And I don't think, I don't, I don't think she was making it up. I think maybe what they were trying to, to have her deal be was that she was trying to find some way she was, you know, she's been dumped and she's feeling humiliated about the whole thing. So maybe she was trying to find a way to justify what happened so that, it's not as, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. No, I hear what you're saying. I, I, the thing that I think is irresponsible, though, is that we don't know. That's the right. thing. 
it's, yeah. it's too big of an issue to leave ambiguous. And that's what they've done by not showing us the, the real scene of what happened and see just their very different recollections of the event. And then to leave that up in the air and have it end with Kelly sort of silencing her by being like, well, Steve once saved me from a bad situation because both things can be true. Yeah. Steve could have been pressuring Laura. It could have been in a date rape scenario with Laura and him having saved Kelly a different time doesn't negate that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just think. And ultimately, the message should be, we should, you should be sharing these things. Yes. Like, we shouldn't be silent. That's the whole point, yeah. is that we shouldn't be silent. And she does silence Laura I, uh, by I don't, doing what she did. I don't think we can give this episode a pass because I think we explored some similar situations with the Sue Scanlon storyline where she accused mm-hmm. Gil Myers. Because that was another time where the accusations against that person are false, you know? And so the only time that we really explored this is where women are coming forward with false accusations, which are exceedingly rare, you know? And so to have that be both times where we talked about this storyline, be that the woman is making it up, I think is just like incredibly irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why they keep doing this storyline right. if know. they can't do it well. I know. If you're not going to do it, just do it. That's the thing. That's really frustrating. And I think, I also think you can't separate the other things that are happening in the episode because the other relationship that we're exploring right now is Lucinda Nicholson being a very aggressive, dishonest, like, you know, going after Brandon in a very, like, sexual way. Like, that's mm-hmm. the other female character that we're following right now. And so, like... Mm-hmm. It's just saying a really bad thing about these relationships without any sort of depth to it, you know? Yeah. I do think it's good that we're seeing Kelly say no to John yes. and and stand by that. I feel yes. like that is definitely character development for it her. It is. But I think, as we've said, she could very well be wrong about this Laura situation and she would have just silenced yes. her. She would have yes. just silenced her and made the situation worse to save Steve. You know? Yeah. So I think that sucks, basically. It does. It does. It sucks the way they did it. It does. And, you know, I feel like I think because I have seen a whole arc play out in the past when I watched this, that's the only reason why I feel like there's more to be said about this story. And as we go with episodes and and we explore more with Laura and with Steve without giving anything away, I think... I think all of this will become more clear down the road, but I don't think they should have left it like this with this episode. Mm. Okay. So that's the thing. That's the thing that's kind of pushing me through and not just being like, this is garbage because long term, I I think that we'll get more of an understanding, but I think it is irresponsible to leave it like this for this episode. So hold on is what you're saying. I, yes, I do. I, and we can, we, we should circle back to this once we've sort of like, maybe finish the season and in, in our season end recap, I think maybe if we look at this again in the greater context and see like how we feel it played out, I still feel like it was mishandled even, even in this one episode. So we'll, we'll see how we feel at the end of season four. Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> and, and to think last week we were talking about a fun Vegas romp. <laughs> Whiplash. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Boy. All right. Well, there's well. there's uh, <laughs> there's no easy transition. So, Kendra, I'm just going to tell you that outside of the Radio Meanwhile Network, 
I'm the host of How's Things, the podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library. You can find us at soundcloud.com slash all the books or anywhere you get your podcasts. I have a cool interview with author Jason Fry, who's written, he wrote the novelization for The Last Jedi, as well as several other Star Wars novels. He recently wrote a, a Minecraft novel that's doing quite well, and he's the author of the Jupiter Pirates series. So you can find that over at uh, How's Things. What about you, Kendra? I am Miss Musicbox91 online. I also have a website, MissMusicbox.com. And I am the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where each week we talk about a different 90s song. And uh, we, in, ooh, actually, I don't know ooh, by the time mystery. this one comes out. Okay. So you'll just have to, but we regularly have polls on yes. our Twitter to decide. So uh, head on over there and help us choose what our next song should be. Okay. Well, join us next week as we continue our 90210 discussion with episode 12, Radar Love. 902, and here we go. (laughs) 